All right. Well, I want to take this opportunity to greet our campuses who are tuned in now to Waterbury, New Milford, and Derby, to Pastor Brian Prue in New Milford, and Pastor Brian Cerrone in Waterbury, and Pastor Joshua. He's, he's the one. He's the one not named Brian. But hey, welcome to all of you. My name is Brian, and um, it's just a privilege to share God's word with you today. I'm joined by Pastor Crystal today as we share uh, a message with you on the Holy Spirit. We've been going through this sermon series called Bringing Heaven to Earth, really looking at who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. And um, I'm thankful that the Lord is already moving through this series, teaching us, helping us learn more about uh, the move of His Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is. You know, I like to look at cars. I'm not a huge car guy. I can't tell you all the intricacies about them, but I enjoy looking at cars, and when you go and you look at a car, you, you ask different questions about the car. You know, how powerful is it? What kind of engine is in it? What's the sound system like? You know, all these different kinds of questions. You're getting to know more and more about the car. I feel like that's what we've been doing over these last three weeks with the Holy Spirit. We've been getting, getting to know the Holy Spirit. Who is this Holy Spirit? Is the Spirit powerful? What can the Spirit do? But you know the thrill about looking at cars is when you actually get to drive them. That's the best part about it. I feel like today what we're doing is we're shifting a bit and we're asking the Lord to teach us how to drive. We're teaching the Lord, asking the Lord to, to come and help us realize how to live by the Spirit and how to be filled by the Spirit. So Pastor Crystal and I, are, we're going to share on that. How, what does it look like for us to actually live by the Spirit of God day to day? but also how to be filled by the Spirit. Two prayers for us today. The first is that we would leave with a renewed commitment to live by the Spirit of God in every aspect of our life. And second prayer is that we would leave here having been filled with the Spirit. Can God do that in 27 minutes and 45 seconds? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I hope that that is your shared expectation as well, that we would have a renewed commitment to living by the Spirit, and that we would leave here today, leave your homes, wherever you are, having been filled by the presence of God. I'm going to invite Pastor Crystal to come and share with us about living by the Spirit. I'm amped today, friends. This is so exciting to talk about living by the Spirit. And so when I think about living by the Spirit, the first thing that comes to mind is a passage from Zechariah. And it says, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Not even, nothing, even a mighty wall will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And that passage of scripture is a reminder constantly for me and should be for you as to how we should live our lives as Christ followers. We should not be trying to do things in our own strength. We should not be trying to rely on our own wisdom or even the strength and wisdom of people we think are smart or stronger than us. No, we need to rely on the spirit of God to accomplish all that God has called us to. But I have a warning for you. The enemy would not like us to do this. So today, I want you to really press in, really open your heart in this moment and focus in on what the Lord could be saying to you today so you can leave here, just like Pastor Brian said, filled by the Spirit and knowing what it looks like to live by the Spirit. So living by the Spirit, to me, we need to be able to answer three questions in order to do this well. The first would be, what is life not lived by the Spirit like? 
The second, what does life live by the Spirit like? And then the third would be, how can we keep in step with the Spirit day by day? So the first question, what is life not lived in the Spirit like? And I think we can get a glimpse of what this looks like from strong words from the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7. He says, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. So you see how it is? In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Have you ever had that moment where you want to do the right thing and for some reason you just don't do it? This is exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about. That is a life not lived by the Spirit. It looks like a life enslaved to sin and controlled by our sinful nature. And yes, this applies to all of us. If you were born on this earth, and all of us who are listening have been born into this earth, we were born into a world where we are controlled by our sinful nature because of the fall of man way, way back in Genesis, right? So what does that mean? What does being controlled by your sinful nature mean? It means not just doing bad things, but not doing the things that God has called us to. It's falling short of those standards that God has set for us. And Paul talks a little bit more about the sinful nature. He says, the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So if we walk in our sinful nature, that means we are hostile to God. That means that we cannot please God. And that is a scary place to be if you're honest with yourself. But does this sin nature still feel a little abstract to you? Let me ask you a couple of questions. Have you ever argued with someone for no reason? Have you ever gossiped? Have you ever been proud or boastful? Or have you ever not shown someone mercy? Have you not forgiven? and held onto some pain, some bitterness. All those kinds of behaviors are how we're living when we're controlled by our sinful nature, when we're not living by the Spirit. So, as Paul put in Romans chapter 6, letting your sinful nature is controlling your mind, and that leads to death. But that doesn't mean physical death. Not living up to your potential, not fully walking in the purpose that God has called for you, those are ways that we experience death on this earth. We are not fully alive. This sounds really doom and gloom, right? It's not the end of the message, my friends. We, it's not the end of our story. We have hope. We are not doomed to be hostile to God and unable to please him forever. There is hope. There is hope. We can be made right by God, with God, by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read to you from Romans again. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans has so much to say. Take some time and read, my goodness, your eyes will be opened wide. And in chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body... God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied. So when we place our faith and our trust in Jesus, if we declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, we can set aside our sinful nature. We can set aside a life not lived by the Spirit and pick up and embrace a life lived by the Spirit. 
But that first decision, we have to place our faith and our trust in Jesus consciously so that we can be enabled to live by the Spirit. So now that we've talked about what a life not lived by the Spirit is like, let's talk about what a life lived by the Spirit is actually like. And part of that is we are fully alive. In our passage today, Keith read, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. We have the Spirit of the living God inside of us, and that makes us fully alive. And fully alive means living the abundant life. It's life to the full. It's the rich and satisfying life that Jesus talked about in John chapter 10. We can put to death that sinful nature through the power of the Spirit. We can experience peace. Not the absence of trouble, but calmness on our spirits despite our circumstances. We can be sure that the good things that we do come from God are in align with his will. That's what it looks like to live by the Spirit. Also, a life lived by the Spirit is freedom. It says, where the, where the Lord is Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's in 2 Corinthians. So we can be free. We can be free from condemnation. We can be free from the power of sin that leads to death. We can be free from the weakness of being controlled by our sinful nature. And we can be strong because we're empowered by the Spirit. But maybe you're saying to yourself, my life isn't so bad. I do good things. Why do I need to live by the Spirit? Well, I'll say yes, it is good to do good. It is good to be kind and loving and merciful. But when you live by the Spirit, you have the opportunity to yourself be changed into the image of God. And then those good things that you do, you'll be doing them with the power of the Spirit. You'll be doing these things not to make yourself look good or make yourself feel good or to elevate yourself, but to raise the name of Jesus high, to give him glory in whatever you are doing. We need the power of the Spirit. And last week, Pastor Brian talked about the power of the Spirit and that we can receive this power. We need it to live our life in the purpose that God has called for us. So let me give you an analogy. I'm wearing a microphone so you can hear me. If I wasn't wearing a microphone, those people in the front, you probably could hear me very well. The people in the back, you'd count on me to yell. And those of you online, you wouldn't hear me at all. This microphone amplifies my voice. And this, what the Spirit of God does inside of us, it amplifies our reach with the good things that we do. So when we do something good under the power of the Spirit, it has the potential to reach far, 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 farther than we could ever reach in ourselves. What we do for God, combined with the Spirit, partnered with the Spirit, will have lasting impact. So, the last question, really important. Now that you're fired up to live by the Spirit, how can we do that? How can we keep in step with the Spirit day by day? How do we live? Well, honestly, just generally speaking, we make a choice. We have to choose to live surrendered lives to Jesus every day. And a surrendered life, what does that look like? That looks like us letting go of our own ways, our own agenda, our own thoughts, our own way of thinking, and then we accept the direction of the Holy Spirit. And one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is from Romans chapter 12. And let me read it to you. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect.
In this moment, Paul was pleading with the Christ followers in Rome to live surrendered lives to God. And I am pleading with you right now, today, to live a life surrendered to God, to live by the Spirit, to choose to release our way of doing things and the customs and the way this world does things, to choose forgiveness over bitterness and anger, to choose love over hate, to choose to seek peace and to pursue it instead of disunity and division. The surrender life is an active, continual process. We have to choose to do this day by day. So let me get really practical for you. What can we actually do to keep in step with the Spirit? Well, there's a couple of things. First, you get connected, then you stay connected, and then you obey. And I'll just talk briefly about what those things look like. So getting connected is starting your day with the Lord. It looks like a first 20. And we've been talking about first 20 for quite some time. It's your first best 20 minutes of your day. You spend in prayer. You spend in reading your Bible, worshiping, listening for the Lord, really connecting with God. And it can be very easy. Before I open my eyes, I say, Lord, thank you. Help me to live this day for you. I give it to you. I am your servant. And then that's it. And I wait and I listen. And then he has the opportunity to speak to me. But let me be honest, I don't always get it right. Sometimes when it's dark, those cold, dark winter mornings, I say, I'm tired, Lord. I don't feel like doing this today, Lord. And in that moment, we have a choice. We have to fix our minds. And what does fix our mind mean? Paul has something for us in the book of Philippians. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That is how we fix our mind. We have a choice where we fix our thoughts. So when you feel that creeping in, I don't want to do this today, Lord, quickly shift and say, Lord, yes, I am your servant and I will do all that you've called me to today. So after we get connected, we need to stay connected. That means we stay in touch with the Lord throughout our day. That means as we go about making decisions and doing whatever it is we're called to do in our work, in our parenting, in our, in our community, we check in with God. Now, you may not be sure as to when you should do that. Well, you should do it all the time, especially if you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed or fearful. Those are moments where you realize or your spirit is trying to tell you that you have strayed a little bit away from God and you need to reconnect with him. And this doesn't have to be a long prayer. You can say, Jesus, help me. That is like the best prayer because in those moments, we are acknowledging that we are not in control of our circumstance and we know who is. We know that Jesus will help us as we seek him. But let me be honest, I make most of my mistakes at this point, that staying connected part, because I like to, you know, get my marching orders and just march. But God wants us to march with him. He wants us to walk with him, to do the things we do with him, to celebrate our successes and to lament our failures and losses together with God through the day. But maybe you're thinking right now, I've never heard the Lord speak to me. Holy Spirit doesn't want to talk to me. He doesn't do that. And let me assure you, that's not true. Holy Spirit wants to speak to each and every one of us, and he does, and he has a special and different way to speak to you because we are all different. We're all masterpieces. God made us this way. So sometimes, let me just give you some examples of how God can speak to you. As you read the Bible, does a verse ever just like pop out at you and you're just like, I want to read and understand that more? That's Holy Spirit speaking to you. Have you ever prayed in a time when you're feeling stressed and all of a sudden you feel this overwhelming peace? That's Holy Spirit speaking to you. Have you ever been, if you're a parent, telling your kids to do something and the Lord kind of like pokes you in your spirit like, you need to do that too? 
That's Holy Spirit speaking to you. I can't tell you how many times I've told my kids, you need to listen the first time, and I feel like a pinch. And the Holy Spirit saying, you need to listen the first time. And I, So that is how we can engage with God. That is how we can stay connected with him. So the last thing we need to do is obey. So if we're expecting Holy Spirit to speak to us, and we're listening, that means we need to do what he says. And that's very simple. He calls you to step out, to pray for your neighbor, to minister to that person, to even just, you know, maybe it's to drop something off or say, hey, I'm praying for you. Those things matter. And that is what obedience looks like. So let me just give you an analogy real quick. Keeping in step with the spirit is a process. And I think of it like learning to use a new phone. So I got this new phone for Christmas and it has these three little cameras back here. It's very fancy. Now, I could just press the little button here and take a, take a picture, and it might be okay. But if I spend time learning about this camera and all its features and all the settings and what each camera does, I will imagine that I could take an amazing photograph with this phone. But it's only as I press in. It's only as I purpose in my heart to understand. And that's what keeping in step with the Spirit is. It's us trying to purpose in our heart to hear from the Lord, to understand what he's calling us to do and to step out and to do it. Living by the Spirit takes this level of intentionality. You have to be willing to surrender your life. But let me be honest with you. I've lived my life both ways. I've lived not in line with the Spirit. And now I'm living in step with the Spirit. And let me tell you the difference. Before, I was doing all these good things. I was really smart. I was having good success, lots of achievements, but I still felt empty and alone. And I can imagine that some of you out there are trying to fill your, your heart that feels empty with good works, with success, with achievements, and you still don't feel like it's quite there. How many good things do I need to do to, to feel whole? What's missing is that connection with the Spirit, living by the Spirit. And when you live by the Spirit, you have this opportunity to do the things that God has called you to do with God. It's such an exciting thing. So I hope that you're excited we have this amazing opportunity to partner with God as we live by the Spirit. But now we need to understand what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. So I'm going to invite Pastor Brian back up to share with us how we can be filled by the Spirit. Thank you, Crystal. This idea of being filled with the Spirit, I'm sure if you've been in church for any time at all, you've heard that phrase before. But I wonder, do we understand what it means? I would imagine there are probably folks here and listening and on our campuses right now saying, yeah, yeah, I've heard people talk about the filling of the Spirit so many times, but what is that? Maybe for some of you, you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I don't really want any part of that. That seems wild. That seems crazy. I heard one of my friends talk about the filling of the Spirit, and that is just off the charts. I'm not quite sure about that. What I want to try to do is just answer a few questions about the filling of the Spirit, because it is a good thing. The Lord is good. We have to remember this, that he gives us good gifts, and um, he wants us to be filled with his Spirit, so that, sh that should be a good thing. Amen? Amen. We're together so far. I want to answer just a couple quick questions. What is the filling of the Spirit? How do we get filled with the Spirit? And how can we tell if we're filled by the Spirit? And I'm going to move a little bit quickly, okay? So let's, let's go on this journey together. I love how Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 says, do not be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. A couple things about that. First is this. It's a command. 
Paul says it like a command, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't give any other option. He doesn't say, hey, you might consider being filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, no, 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 be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a command for us. If we're Christ followers, then we're gonna be people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's also not a select command for a select group of people. When you look at the language in the Greek, it's very, um, it's, it's community-wide, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That the filling of the Spirit is not for the spiritually elite. It's for all of us. For each and every one of us, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's also, as you read this and you study it, it's an ongoing command. It, it actually is be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's this continual, and Crystal talked about that, this daily practice for us to be filled with the Spirit of God, be being filled. And so we can't point back to a, a, an experience 20 years ago and say, yes, I'm filled with the Spirit. No, we need to continue to be filled with the Spirit. We have to remember when we're talking about the Spirit of God and, and, and the filling of the Spirit is that our God is a personal God. Our God interacts with us. Our God wants relationship with us. So we have to put everything through the lens of having a relationship, a personal relationship with God. So if you're talking about your filling happening 20 years ago, how's your relationship? Probably not that good. No, we need daily filling, need to be daily in step with the Spirit of God. But okay, that doesn't answer yet what the filling is. What is the filling of the Spirit? You know, when you, you study what Paul says here, be filled with the Holy Spirit, that word filled means to give control to. Be filled. Give control to the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit. This is a command to release control. Uh, the Bible here, it means controlled by so you could take that word filled out and put controlled by in there. Be controlled by the Spirit of God. Now, I understand that the word controlled has some negative undertones. But again, remember that this is our good and loving and merciful and graceful uh, and, and God who has a great purpose for our lives, who has our best interests in mind. And now we're saying we want to be controlled by the Spirit of God. This is the filling when you look at other passages in scripture that use this word, you come to Luke chapter four. In verse 28, it says, they were filled with wrath. It means they were controlled by wrath. And then they, you can read that story. They wanted to go and, and put Jesus to death. In Acts chapter 13, it says the Jews were filled with envy. It means that the Jews were controlled by envy in this moment and they opposed the ministry of Paul and Barnabas. So friends, to be filled with the Spirit means to give control to the Spirit. Give control of the Spirit. Control of our minds. Control of our emotions. Control of our will. To be filled with the Spirit means to say, Spirit of the Lord, you have full access to all of my life. What I'm sharing with you right now might, might sound a bit different than what you've been taught. You see, the filling of the Spirit is not just an encounter with the Spirit. The filling of the Spirit also isn't just believing in the Spirit. It goes much further than that. 
Maybe you, you've heard about the filling of the Spirit in this way. This is how I've heard about it. And I don't think this is a wrong analogy. I just don't think it goes the full way. I've heard about how almost like the Spirit is like liquid and we're a cup. And you have to ask yourselves, you know, how full are you? And, and the liquid, like the Holy Spirit, will go in and, and fill you. I think that's an okay analogy. I think there's a better one. I want you to imagine a car. And I, I think sometimes what we, we think the filling of the Spirit is, is putting gas in the car. But here's, here's what's wrong with that, is that when we believe that's what the Spirit is, then we think, oh, I just need to be powered up by the Spirit so I can go out and do all the things that I need to. I just need to pit stop with the Spirit. And then I can go on and do all these amazing things in the Lord. No, 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 no. That's not the filling of the Spirit. What I believe the filling of the Spirit is, it's not going to the, the gas station to get filled up. No, it's saying to the Spirit of the Lord, take the driver's seat. Take the driver's seat. Take me wherever you want to take me. Go wherever you want to go. I am going to follow. Take the driver's seat of my life. And so to be filled with the Spirit is to fully give the Spirit of God control in your life, in every part, in our workplaces, in our relationships, in our finances, in our worship, in our generosity, in every aspect, saying, Spirit of the God, Spirit of God, take that driver's seat. How are we filled? Well, before I get that, to that, I mentioned that believing is also not filling you know, even the devil believed in Jesus, that the filling of the Spirit is more than, than just believing. The filling of the Spirit is that daily choosing, that daily choosing to follow after the Lord. I remember when uh, Beck and I were engaged, at one point she asked me, you know, Brian, how, how can I know that you're going to love me for the rest of our lives? It's a good question. I, I'm going to have all my daughters ask their fiance that question too. And I think the Lord gave me insight into this moment because I wasn't, you know, I, you know, I didn't know much then. <laughs> but I, I turned back to her and I said, because I'm going to choose to every day. This is our walk with Jesus. We are saved by grace. We are saved. When we give our life to Jesus, you are saved, okay? Your sins are forgiven. But now we enter this journey of walking in step with the Spirit of God each and every day. And each and every day, it means us saying, I'm gonna choose you, Jesus. I'm gonna choose to walk by you. I'm gonna choose to extend grace. I'm gonna choose to, to walk in forgiveness. I'm gonna choose to, to move in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit each and every day. So friends, how do we get filled with the Spirit? I think it's a couple things. First, we need to turn from, and second, we need to turn to. To get filled with the Spirit, we need to turn from those other things that have control in our life. Uh, a lot of times, it's ourselves. I think self is probably one of the biggest idols in our culture today where we want to maintain all the control. To be filled with the Spirit, we need to say, you know what, Lord? I give you it all. I give you all my burdens. I give you all, my, all the decisions of life. I, I give you my, my family. I dedicate my kids to you. Lord, I, I offer you my job, my occupation, my livelihood. I offer you my time. It's this release of control. It's turning from what controls us. And then it's turning to 
the one who's asking us to turn to him. Saying, Lord Jesus, I give you absolutely everything. As we make that turn, the Lord comes and he fills us with his presence. So my last question is, how do we know when we're filled? This has been a question that's been asked for hundreds of years. Maybe some of you have gotten different answers on that. How do we know when we are filled? I want to tell you, um, my friend Matt and I are going to preach next weekend. I encourage you to to come for that and listen in, because we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. I want to tell you the clearest indication that a person is filled with the Spirit of God is that they produce the fruit of the Spirit. They, they produce that patience, that love, that gentleness, that kindness, that goodness, that self-control. What is that? It's the character of Jesus. How do you know you're filled with the Spirit? Well, you're demonstrating, and you're resonating the character of Jesus. Too often, people have taught that the evidence of the Spirit is a gift of the Spirit. And sometimes, maybe some of you have been taught that, well, it's the speaking in tongues, that gift of the Spirit, and then you know that you are filled. I think we've been looking wrong at this for many, many years. We've been looking at the gifts when we should be looking at the fruit. This is how you know when a person is filled, when you see the fruit. I've seen some people who have a gift in the Spirit who are very immature. I've seen some people who have gifts in the Spirit who are very mature. But it's always the person who demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit that I know, wow, this is a person who's walking closely with the Lord. Too often we look at one indicator, a gift of the Spirit, but we should be looking at the fruit. Matt and I are going to talk more about that next week. I want to encourage you to come back for that. I want to just close our our time by praying. We've been talking a lot about the filling of the Spirit. We've been talking a lot about the person of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit. And oftentimes what we need to do is just pause. As Crystal said, that those first moments of our day and ask the Lord to come and to fill us, to commit to him that he will be in that driver's seat for this day. And so I want to pause now and, and just pray for each and every one of us. Let's, let's bow our heads in all of our campuses and all of our homes and all of our places. Lord, I, I pray for us today. Lord, I thank you that we've, we've had a chance to, to speak about your spirit, to teach about your spirit. And as we've received these lessons, Lord, I pray right now that uh, we wouldn't just be looking at the car, but Lord, that we would, we would want to live by your spirit and be filled by your spirit. Lord, I, I know that the filling of your spirit comes by us releasing control. So, Lord, I pray right now for, for all of us, those things that we're holding on to tightly. I pray that we might release them right now. We all know what those are in our own minds and our own hearts. Lord, I pray that we just release those things that we've been holding on to, that we've declared to be the Lord of our own life. Lord, I pray that you might come and you might fill us. Fill us with your power, fill us with your presence. Lord, take us where you want to go. Lord, I am praying that you would encounter us right now. But I pray that you would encounter us to 
call us, encounter us to, to speak over us, encounter us to heal us and restore us, encounter us so that we can leave this place fully committed to keeping in step with your spirit. So Lord, we pray all of these things. We just ask you to come right now. And I just want to conclude by praying this prayer out of Ephesians chapter three. This is Paul praying it. And I like to personalize it in this way. Lord, I pray that out of your glorious riches, you would strengthen me with power through your spirit in my inner being so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. And I pray that by remaining rooted and established in love, you would empower me together with all your holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that I would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So Lord, I pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey friends, let's stand together and let's, let's worship. Let's, let's praise him today.